What's up, family? What's up? Hey, can I ask all y'all to stand up? I want to say hello to everybody watching out there and online and all our campuses. Let's give them a big hand out there. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. My name is Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock, and welcome to church today. We are so excited about this message. Starting a new series today about our new mission statement. Uh, everyone say, No God. Everyone take a, take a deep breath in and say, no God. no, God. Say, grown community. Say, make a difference. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. I pray you bless us, encourage us, challenge us in Jesus' name. Amen. Give someone a high five next to you. Give someone a high five. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out and uh, let's say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans, the sixth book of the New Testament. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Every... Uh, Business, whether it be a restaurant or a hotel chain or the military or, a, or a the church, needs to have a mission statement. And that mission statement describes what business they're in or it's very so closely associated with their business. Um, McDonald's is in the food business. Uh, the Chargers, well, forget the Chargers because they moved to L.A. Can I get Get the Chargers. Uh, San Diego State football. Come on now. Come on now. I, I got to uh, tour the new football stadium down here, uh, the football, the San Diego State football team. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. Uh, but they're in the entertainment business. Marriott is in the hotel travel business, hotel business. Vons is in the grocery food business. The church is in the disciple-making business. We are not in the event producing business. We're in the disciple making business. Now this is a means to an end. In other words, you do this to get something else. But it's all part of you becoming something better than you were yesterday. It's a disciple making business. Can I get amen? Amen. So, so it's like when you go to a football game, you don't go to the game to see the huddle. You go to the game to see the play. This is our huddle. This is not the play. It's a very important part. We get information, inspiration, connect with God, connect with people of God. But at the end of the day, how are you living it out um, uh, on an everyday basis? So for 22 years, we, we are on 22 year. we just started our 23rd year as a church. Our mission was save, equip, send. Help people get saved, equip them and send them out. So we are changing it. We've been changing it over the last several months. But today we're going to officially launch it. Uh, three, word, three phrases, say no God. We want you to know God, and that doesn't only mean prayer, prayer, but walk with God in ever-increasing intimacy. You know, you may meet, you know, sometimes people meet celebrities one time, and when I meet, mean by meet them, they're in a stadium and they wave from up in the third level. And the guy's, you know, whatever, and they, oh, I met him, I know him, you know, and, you know. 
or they're walking out, you know, uh, uh, and, and they sign your autograph and then you say you know them, right? No, no they, they didn't even look you in the eye, okay? And so you, sometimes the people like that with God, they go to a church service and they pray a prayer or they just listen to a sermon online. They go, oh, yeah, I know God because I got a cross. That doesn't mean you know God. Knowing God is actually a, an ongoing relationship where it's, you're being transformed by him for the rest of your life. So, so that's know God. It starts with salvation. Growing community, which we're going to talk about next week, is actually being in a small community of people where you're actually um, growing in your ability to be more like Jesus through your relationships. And then make a difference. How are you leveraging how God made you to change the world? Because coming here is not enough. God is going to transform you so you can go change the world. Amen? So today we're going to talk about knowing God. Who is God and how can we know him? Four things we're going to look at about God. Because it's very important when someone says who is God, it's very important for you to understand kind of who is he. Number one, God is the uncaused cause. We're going to talk about this in a minute. But God was not caused, but he caused everything else. We'll talk about that in a minute. God is the undesigned designer. He designed stuff, but no one designed him. Okay, a lot of times people say, well, where did God come from? Well, we're going to talk about that here in a minute, okay. Third is God is the um, origin of purpose. Every single one of you have purpose and everything. The seat you're sitting in has purpose. The roof has purpose. The lights have purpose. God is the origin of the idea of purpose. And he has a purpose for you. And then third, God is the moral lawgiver. And also, he is a loving lawgiver. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. If you, how many of y'all watch Animal Planet, Discovery Channel, Earth, any of those science things? Okay, just raise your hand. Yeah, okay, thank you. I appreciate it, appreciate it. Um, people online, okay. I, I can't encourage you enough to watch that stuff and understand you are watching the design of God. You ever see people at the beach at sunset, they're like this, watching fire go, well, it looks like they're going into the ocean, but sunset, they're like this. For like 20 minutes. Because there's something about what God made. Something about what God made. Look, look what the Bible says. For since the creation, the creator of the world, his invisible attributes, his love, his power, his creativity, his wisdom, his strategic abilities are clearly seen. It is no doubt. When you look at what God made, it is no doubt the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen. That's why when you look at this ball of fire, and by the way, the sun is amazing. It's 93 million miles away. It's awesome. But it's not as intricate as your eye. Or animal being born. You know, there are salmon that are born in a stream, in a freshwater stream, and they swim into the ocean. And the, the salmon lay the eggs, another salmon comes and fertilizes the eggs, and it's all in the water, which is all crazy how that works out. And then they're born, and they swim down, and then when they come back, they swim all the way up the stream back to the place where they were born. How do they know that? If you ever seen March of the Penguins, if you have not seen the movie March of the Penguins, has anybody not seen that movie? Oh my goodness, you need to turn in your human, human card. You have to Google, go on Paramount Plus, Netflix, wherever it's at, and watch March of the Penguins. You will, you will go, how? And then you will cry at the end. I'm, I'm not lying. If you don't cry, 
There's something wrong with you. Can we go back to the beginning of this verse just so we can put it in context? For since the <coughs> creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. God's invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that you are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him nor were thankful. You are going to be with, you can't ever die and say, God, I never knew you. I was no evidence of you. He's going to say, the sunset. Baby's being born. How many of you have seen a baby be born? Ooh, no, I don't mean on TV. Not on TV, like right here. Can I get an amen? You're talking about a, a human being like you who lives for 40 weeks in a bag of water and never take a breath and yet grow. And then come out and go, for the first time ever, after nine months of being alive, 40 weeks, going, <gasps> and then the blood doesn't go to the, the, the blood gets oxygen, not from the mom, to the lungs for the first time, just like that. How? God, God, God. That's why you got to pay attention to what you see. Don't take for granted for what you see. You got to pay attention to what you see and ask yourself and look at all the people who got PhDs in the finger, PhD in the eye, a PhD in the ear, PhD in hair locks, and, and all the information that they study and still don't understand everything. Because God said, I am, I am way beyond your imagination. Okay, four things. No, God is the uncaused cause. God is the uncaused cause. Probably one of the most asked questions you'll get, well, if, if, if God made everything, who made God? Nothing. That's why he's God. <laughs> well, that don't make any sense. Here's why it doesn't make any sense to you. Because I want you to imagine a basketball, but it's, it's, it's the universe. Everything we know is in the universe. Okay, it's, it's this gigantic basketball. And it's expanding at the speed of light. The Bible says God pulls the, the, uh, expands the heavens like a curtain, and we know from science that the universe is expanding at the speed of light. So God is expanding the heavens at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second. Whew! Okay, Whew. just get your mind wrapped around that. And everything in the universe can be studied as far out, the further out we get, it's harder to study it because it's, we don't have the, the technology yet. But we get more and more technology where we can study further and further and further and further out and see stuff and study it and understand through science. Science helps us understand the things that are already made. Science doesn't make stuff. It helps us understand what's already made. Science doesn't make stuff. It helps us understand what's already there. And so by, when you look at science, the science helps us understand the laws that govern what we know to exist inside this universe. And one of the things we know to exist inside the universe is that you can never have an infinite amount of series of events in the past without a beginning. There has to be a beginning inside this universe. So everything in this universe has to be created. Nothing can come from nothing. As a matter of fact, I have a jar here. This is my nothing jar. I won't say nothing. This is my nothing jar. Either everything came from nothing and there's nothing in here. By the way, science will tell you that nothing can produce nothing. That's a scientific fact. Nothing produces nothing. So as I'm talking about all these things today, either this was produced by nothing or it was produced by God. 
Well, well, pastor, if everything in the universe has to have a cause and there has to be a reason, well, that means something caused God. Aha. Here's the trick. God don't live inside the universe. <laughs> he created the universe. He's outside the universe. He has a whole different set of rules. So what he did is he says, I'm going to make all this stuff and I'm going to show you and I'm going to give you a brain to figure it out. And it's going to lead you to think, man, somebody's out there that made all this. He's the uncaused. Look what it says in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. The heavens and the earth, earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Every limited object, every limited object, we are limited object, we can't do everything, is anything that cannot cause itself. So, behind me you have a living room. Everybody see this chair? Say yes or no, everyone see this chair? Very good. All you people watching online, everyone see this couch. Uh, You see this couch, this couch is a little, I guess they're both the same size, a table, a vase, a TV, a belly bar, and a cross. This couch could not have put itself there because it's limited. It it had to have a cause. This had a cause. Something caused this to be. Something caused this to be. Something caused this to be. Something caused you to be. You did not cause yourself. Number one, God is the uncaused cause. He exists outside of everything we know, and he is. And therefore, he cannot be destroyed by things that he caused. He is eternal. Number two, God is the undesigned designer. He is the undesigned designer. Let's look at at what the Bible says. Um, Before I get to that, this was designed right here. This was designed so the boom boom could sit right there. <laughs> the elbows can go there. This was designed at a certain height so I could put a glass here. It might have also been designed with something, uh, a certain material so it doesn't get a ring on it from the water. This was designed so two people can sit on it. Or maybe three little, or two parents and a little baby maybe. And this was designed so two people can sit on it. It may even have a little recliner inside. Uh, I don't, uh, this one doesn't, but you could design it that way. And so this was designed, everything was designed. This TV was designed with a screen, electronics and light and sound. So it could project images and videos. All of it was designed and given uh, uh, by its designer. I don't think any of you would agree that nothing designed it. Or that it designed itself. This couch said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to design myself. Or that the uh, arrangement was designed. I love going to model homes. I'm a model home. Uh, my wife and I are model home groupies. How many of y'all go to model homes you can't afford? <laughs> okay. And you walk in like you got money. So, and, and, and one of the ways that you lead them to believe you got money is you ask like three times how much it is. So how much is this again? And then you kind of go, like, you know, like it's, like, it's, like it's a thing, like it's an issue, right? But you walk around the house and get, at least what we do, we get ideas. And we'll be taking pictures, snap, on the, on, the, on the download, snap, snap. I like how they coordinated that thing. I like how they designed that couch. I like how they put the mirror there and the little table there and the little flower to the right and the clock inside, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and even when we go to hotels, because my wife's a hotel snob, and there, she's, 
there are these hotels that have the TV in the mirror. Oh, y'all haven't seen that yet. <laughs> it's in the bathroom. While you're in the bathroom brushing your teeth, the TV's actually in the mirror. I want to get one of those. But I'm not going to, okay, because I, I, I can't imagine how much that costs. But this is a design for a purpose. This, we'll get to the purpose. This is design. This is design. Every single one of you was designed. You have ten toes, ten fingers. You have feet, legs, knees, all designed to carry your body across the room, your arms to coordinate and balance yourself. Your brain to perceive what's going on around you, sight, images, distance, every single one of you are designed. Your proprioception, which is your ability for you to know where your limbs are in space. You can perceive, you can close your eyes or should be able to and close your eyes, spin around and put, put your finger on your nose. Because your brain is telling you where your finger is in proximity to the rest of your body. And you can decide, I want to put it on my ear. I want to put it on my left knee. I want to put it on the back of my head. Your brain, God designed you that way in his image. But because you are so complex, there's three things about God's design. One, or the designer. Because none of you would agree that nothing from the nothing jar designed this. If I told you and you went that, that model home and said, well... It just happened to be here. Just showed up one day. When we bought this building that I'm in now, we, we, um, it was a, a, just an a, a old military building. Had been closed for 10 years. It was 70 years old or something like that. And so we need an architect to redesign it. And I said, well, how, you know, how do you pick one? I said, well, they said, pick the building that you like the most in San Diego. Or a building that you like in San Diego. So I said, I like Terminal 2 at the airport. <laughs> I mean, just go, 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 big or go home, right? Not that I'm trying to get Terminal 2, but I like the design. I like the, you know, the glass. And, and, and so they, I, we found out the architect who designed it. And we called them up and they designed this. And it just so happened they just designed and put a school and a church in a single building like we did. We didn't know that. But they had that in their mind already. You wouldn't go into the thing and say this, this, this living room was not designed by anybody. Somebody with thought, creativity designed it. Look what it says about our designer because we need a designer. His intelligence. Psalm 139. Our designer must be intelligent. This is about what it says about God. You form my inward parts. You cover me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous. Everyone say marvelous. Say marvelous. Like you're from Harvard. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. God, you are marvelous. That's God. When you in your mother's womb... I, I, Here's the thing about God designing you. When your mother, when your mother was in her mother's womb, watch this now, I'm going to trip you out. When your, when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, M-U-V, your mother. <laughs> That's the East Coast. When your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, your mother had you, the egg, 
that produced you in her body. Okay, I'm backing up because I know the guys aren't thinking, the guys might not notice. Fellas, when women are born, they have all the eggs they will ever have. Eggs are what gets pregnant, what gets fertilized when boom, 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 and that's how you get pregnant. When a woman is born, she has all her eggs. So when your mother was born, the egg that became you was in your mother. God says, I was working on you before you even knew it. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, snap. It says spiritual. John, our designer is spiritual because he created us to be spiritual beings. John 4, 24. God is spirit. You should, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You and I are spiritual beings whether you like it or not. You and I are faith creatures. You walk by faith whether you like it. Every time you breathe, you exercise faith. Every time you love, you exercise faith. You are trusting someone with your heart. I was in a, a prison. I had just spoken. And after I spoke, these three white supremacists were walking around the yard. And it was one in front of two other guys. The two other guys were behind him. They didn't have any shirts on. They had all the tattoos. And, and God said, go up and talk to them. So I went up to the, to the track as they walked around the yard. And I called the head guy over. I said, hey, man, come here. So he comes over. And he, and so, now, just understand, I had just finished talking. So it was like a couple hundred guys out there, all the blacks together, all whites together, Latinos together, et cetera. And they're all watching because that's the dude that just spoke. Now he's talking to this dude. And the guy got right here. <laughs> this is, I love this stuff, right? It's ironic because this white dude, he, he had so much ink on his body, he painted himself black. I'm like, brother, you're defeating the purpose. You're a white supremacist. <laughs> Another story. But that guy was designed by the same designer that designed me. And he was designed to be spiritual. And God's word doesn't return void, especially the name of Jesus. So he's standing right here. And I'm like, I can't remember everything I said. It was a very short conversation, about 45 seconds. <laughs> I said, Jesus is looking for you. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, I don't know, man. Jesus wants you. He's looking for you. What does that mean? What does that mean? I said, hey, man, he wants you. You're a leader. And again, it was years ago. I remember that much. And then that was the end of the conversation. Now, now. Now, here's the thing. You may say, well, he ain't listening to that. He has no choice what his heart does. That's my point. Every single one of y'all were designed to have a relationship with God. Whether you like it or not, know it or not, want to accept it or not, because you're spiritual. And lastly, you're eternal. Isaiah 40, 28. Isaiah 40, 28 says, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord that created the ends of the earth, Neither faints nor is weary. He understands. His understanding is unsearchable. He's forever. It's unsearchable. God designs you to have relationship with that designer. Number three, God is the origin of purpose. This was designed to give the purpose of me sitting in it so I can talk to other people. This was designed with a purpose of holding things on it like that jar that has nothing in it. This was designed to communicate. This was designed to give comfort. It was designed to, the purpose was to make the room look good. It has purpose. Every single one of you has purpose. If you do not find your purpose in life, 
you will never be completely fulfilled. You won't find something that gets you up every day in a sustained length of time to keep you going emotionally. It won't happen. Because God has a purpose for you and the purpose is eternal. And God wants you to walk in your purpose. He doesn't want, and the devil wants you walking around searching all your life for that purpose. God's purpose. A, God provides a meaningful purpose to your life. God provides a meaningful purpose to your life. What it says, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus for good works. God created you to do something good. And he prepared beforehand that you would walk in it. It's already prepared. God, you may be going to a job interview this week. You're like, I don't know. If God wants you to have that job, you are going to get that job. If God doesn't want you to have that job, and you, you're going to get the job. <laughs> Ladies, there's, there, there's, some guy you think, there's some guy you think is your guy and he's with another girl. Say, Lord, break him up. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. Because you, he may not, that may be your wishful thinking. However, if he is meant to be, it'll happen. It really will. You just got to be faithful. You just have to be faithful. Our purpose is to eternally glorify our designer. Revelation 19.1. After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to God. Our purpose is to make God look good. Everyone say it's not about me. It's not. It's about God. And our purpose can only be fulfilled in a dependent relationship with our designer. Your purpose can only be fulfilled in the context of a relationship with God. Look what it says in John chapter 15, I am the vine, this is God talking, Jesus talking, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If you see a vine and a branch, the branch has to abide in the, in the vine or it will die. I have roses, I grow roses in my house, at my house I should say, in the yard. Uh, we have about, I don't know, 15 different kinds of roses and I am constantly making sure there are fresh roses in my house for my well man. Come on. I went to the doctor the other day, and I hate filling out forms. And it's like 15 pages of forms. You know, how, did you have diabetes? Do you have 10 toes? Do you, do you, you know, what it's like, tell me your medical history. I said, Debbie, can you please fill this out? She's like, all right. You fill out my forms, I cut your roses. But the rose... And there's, a, there's a, a path to it. You cut the rose and you cut the stem at an angle so there's a lot more surface area to get the water in when you put it in the vase. You don't cut it straight. You cut it in an angle if you didn't know that. So cut it like 45 degrees. Y'all follow that? Okay. And if you look at a rose bush, there's always a point where there are five stems coming. Uh, I don't get too much technicality. But when you cut it off the vine, off the branch, it only has a certain length of time it's going to live. It'll bloom. It'll bloom. But it's getting nutrients from the ground. And what happens is when you have this rose bush, if you have a lot of bushes or a lot of stems that have dead roses on them, they are sucking energy from the plant. You got to cut them off. You can't survive unless you're attached to Jesus. 
That's where you get your energy. That's where you get your, your wisdom and your source and your, and, your, and your vision from. So you can't fulfill your purpose unless you are, or you, you are gaining insight and vision and energy and clarity and anointing from your source of your purpose. Number four, God is our moral law giver. Say moral law giver. <laughs> there are rules to sit in the seat. I don't know how many times your mother told you, take your foot off the table. That's a rule. Can I get amen? Don't, I'm not going to jump on the couch, but don't jump on the couch. It's not, it's not a trampoline. That's a rule. The rules are the guidelines on how to use the thing according to its design so it can fulfill its purpose. I'm going to say it again. The rules are designed for you to fulfill the purpose according to the design. There's a certain rule on how to use this table based on how it was designed. There's a certain rule on how you should live your life based on how you were designed. Emotionally, physically, mentally, relationally. Genesis 2.15, look what it says. The Lord took the man of the garden of Eden and, and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. You're saying, well, do you believe in Adam and Eve? Discovery Channel did a study on finding the first humans. And you know what they found? That all the humans in the world came back to one couple. Oh, snap. I'll say that again. Discovery did a, a series on finding, I don't know if they called it finding an Adam and Eve or whatever, but they tracked DNA and how they do all that. I have no idea. But it all came back to one couple. Just like God said. Just like God said. And by the way, did you know you can get all the nationalities in the world and all the shades of color from one couple? Hmm. <laughs> If you have someone that's mid-brown, and I say mid-brown, and, and not, not really dark and not what we would call white, but in the middle, and listen to what I'm saying. They, will have, they, they can have a combination of two lights to make what we call white, two darks to make what we call dark, and then a combination to make what's in the middle. They did that science of it. How and, and the reason this is important is because science explains what is. And so when, when these science is studying this, we see how this could actually have happened from two people. And God didn't do it to divide us. The devil uses it to divide us. God did it because he's creative. It's like in my yard. My red rose is not saying the orange one's inferior to me. The orange one's cool. Then, then you got a pink one. And then I got a, I got a rose bush where it's, it comes out yellow and then when I bring it to my house, it turns pink. It's like, it's just God. God's like, why can't I, why can't you celebrate my creativity? Why has it got to be an issue? So three things about the lawgiver. Well, look what it says. The Lord commanded, I'm sorry, go back to Genesis. The Lord commanded man, said, every tree of the garden you shall freely eat. But other trees of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you will die. If you misuse something... Against the law, it dies or it fails to be able to be useful for its fulfill its purpose. If I misuse this couch, it will lose its ability to fulfill its purpose. If you misuse your voice, if you misuse your body, it will, you will lose the ability to fulfill its purpose. If you ever hear singers, you know, all these professional singers have to protect their voice. If they misuse their voice, they will lose their ability to use it. As a human being, if you misuse your life, you will lose your ability to glorify God and fulfill your purpose. 
that he's given you. A lawgiver must be holy. God is holy. 1 Peter 1.16, behold, I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. God is holy. A lawgiver must be loving. 1 John 4.8, he who does not love does not know God for God is love. Uh, I know there's a saying in culture that says you make love, you do not make love. God is love and you can't make God. You can experience love through a physical encounter and you may shout God's name, but you ain't making God. Do you say that in church? <laughs> I could do a whole sermon on that, by the way, because that is intimacy. The two become one. Salvation. The two become one. God created it. God created it. God created it. There's a thing in my neighborhood called begging music. Begging, B-E-G-G-I-N-G music. Brothers going, baby, baby, please. <laughs> I need to know your name. <laughs> you don't remember that song? Okay. <laughs> you look so good. It's called begging music. Baby making music. They're just responding to something God made. God made it. Think how cool God is. First thing he did for a man. Prayed him a woman. She was naked. <laughs> this is in the Bible. This is in the Bible. This is the heart of God. He said, I'm going to make you a woman and then go do your thing and then have babies. What kind of, why wouldn't you want to follow that God? Can I get amen? I'm just, just read Genesis. I'm just talking about. <laughs> Lastly, a lawgiver, a lawgiver must be just. He must be just. We're all about justice. God is a God of justice. Look what it says. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Um, nothing can get you justice. But Jesus gives you justice. In a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. What does that mean? Ask your uncaused cause, your undesigned design at the origin of your purpose in the moral law give a God. To be your God. Not something you know about, but someone you know. And ask him to fulfill, fill your heart with his presence and forgive you of your sin. So you can start to walk and understand your purpose and fulfill your purpose. I remember when I was 24 years old, 23 years old, I was asked to go speak to an elementary school. I think it's Maryland's Junior High or something in La Jolla. I think, I think that was what it's called. And they said, hey, can you go speak to these little kids? And I said, I'm not a speaker. They say, well, you know, you're part of the charges, so you got to fulfill your, your, your media day or whatever, whatever. I say, okay, how long do I got to speak? Well, just, just a few minutes. So I go down there and they get these 200 kids or whatever it was. It took them like 40 days to get these kids lined up. <laughs> they had this big sign, welcome, San Diego Charger, Miles Pearson. The thing was like a mile long. It must have taken four weeks to paint it. And, and it, was just, it was just like I was sitting there going, I'm sweating. I mean, I'm in my uniform, my sweatsuit, I'm just sweating because I'm... 
I'm not a speaker. <laughs> Dumb? I'm not a speaker. I'm like, I literally spoke for like, hey, how y'all doing? Uh, thanks for the sign. And I don't remember what I said, but it was like a minute. It was like a minute. I went to the, 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 the screening for the Top Gun 2 movie where Tom Cruise was at the military base. And he spoke for, it's a great movie, by the way. Oh, military people, it's a great movie. Uh, let's give the military a big hand. God bless y'all. And, you know, obviously people there would see the movie, so it wasn't a big deal that he didn't speak long. But he got up there, and, he, and I videotaped it. He spoke for a minute and ten seconds. And he left and went to another thing, another thing, another thing. So that's why I did the Tom Cruise well, long before I knew Tom Cruise. I was like, hey, y'all, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I left there. I was like, whew. I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know my design. I was running. I, it wasn't even on my map, radar. So when you give your life to Jesus, God says, now I'm going to show you your purpose. And that's exactly what happened. That's why I'm standing here now. So I'm going to ask, amen, amen. I'm going to ask all y'all to bow your heads and all the campuses online, bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you created us, designed us, gave us purpose, and that you love us. And thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die and rise from the dead. If you realize that God is your creator, He's your designer. He gave you purpose. And you want to ask him to forgive you of your sin and fill you with his presence so you can fulfill his purpose in your life. Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart and be my Savior. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I surrender my life to you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And by standing, you are acknowledging that you are surrendering your life to Jesus. So wherever you are, whatever campus you're in, watching online, if you prayed that prayer, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. So you can start your new life today. A new life in the context of a relationship with God. On the count of three, stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you.